0: Welcome to the Bounty Zero X podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Adam, founder and CEO of Bounty Zero X. Bounty Zero X is a decentralized bounty hunting network powered by the BNTY token. So today is March 22nd, and I'm here with uh, John Warman of uh, tipblockchain.io. Uh, the CEO and co-founder, and we're here to talk about uh, TIP blockchain. So, John, please tell us a little bit uh, about your project and uh, what it's all about.
1: Hi, thanks for having me on board. I'm um, glad to be here and um, you know, glad to tell the world about TIP. We're a fairly new project in the blockchain space, and um, we've been in this space for somewhere about um, three months now. So I got into cryptocurrency about a year ago. I am also like relatively new to this, to the field. Um, like many other people, when I got in, it was initially about the investment angle of things, right? So I got into Bitcoin, started investing, um, started to, you know, purchase some, some Bitcoin. And then, um, I started to identify what were some of the issues that users were facing in the space and, um, what were some of the problems that users had? So I thought about that because um, I'm a software developer by background. I've, I've been a developer for about 10 years, and I'm also an entrepreneur. I started two previous companies. Um, one was a mobile app development company, and the other one was a localization solution for app developers as well. Um, and the way that I think is um, whenever I, 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 I face an issue, I try to think of um what are the similar issues that other people would be facing right and try to try to come up with solutions so um that mindset and that background led me to think about the issues in the crypto space, and the thing that struck me the most or that jumped out at me was the usability so anybody in cryptocurrency when they get in they get used to things like you know creating um you know their private keys having their address and then In order to transact in cryptocurrency, you have to go through things like scanning a QR code or copying and pasting a 40-character hexadecimal number um, or, you know, random alphanumeric string, which are essentially cryptographic hashes. So these are things that, as a software developer, I understand, you know, um, with a computer science background, I know what a crypto hash is, but if you think of the average user... They have no idea what a cryptographic hash is. It's to tell somebody you're going to send value, but you're sending it to these random strings is a concept that would be very, very foreign to a lot of users. And I think it's one of the huge reasons why, um, even though cryptocurrency is growing, we find that the use cases in day-to-day transactions are very limited. Um, so the the crypto market is growing exponentially year on year, but how many people today actually use cryptocurrencies to buy things or to actually with friends right just because it's not very convenient for them to use so I started to identify what what these issues were one of them was um the addresses and um, just the ease of use in transacting and I started to thinking about solutions to these problems so out of those i I came up with a list of things that I thought we could to make it easy for users to use cryptocurrency, which will make the whole um, experience more user-friendly and more accessible to anybody. You, you don't have to be, you know, a techie to use crypto. Essentially, any um, any mom or any you know teenager who knows how to send a tweet should be able to use cryptocurrency. So that's where tip blockchain came out of, and um, that's what we're working on. So working on making it as easy as you know sending a WhatsApp message to use crypto.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what. Um, is one of the biggest barriers to adoption for widespread usage. Absolutely. There have been a lot of analogies comparing blockchain to other technologies where there was a period of time from the time that the technology was developed uh, to widespread usage uh, where the early adopters uh, started using it and it was difficult to use, but then over time it became easier to use. And it seems like... uh, Blockchain is having that same type of uh, adoption cycle um, at the present time make, with new projects that are being developed to uh, solve some of the pain points for widespread adoption. And uh, there are a number of pain points with uh, blockchain and uh, a few of them, which you mentioned, are the um, addresses which are needed to send transactions to other users and uh you guys are developing a product to uh, solve some of those uh, pain points. But before we talk about your product, uh, can you tell us? Um, you mentioned briefly that you've founded uh, two other companies. Uh, so, how did you uh, transition over to those companies to this? And um, you're also a developer. So, where uh, did you uh, decide to start working on this project and uh, start? Uh, getting into, uh, where did the idea come for this project?
1: Right. So um, my two previous companies, one of them was a mobile development company, a mobile app development company, um, also based in Toronto. That's called Cell Innovation. So this was back in 2009 at the dawn of the mobile app revolution. So that was a smaller revolution than the crypto revolution. Um, but back in 2008 and 2009, when... Apple created the iPhone and, um, actually Apple created iPhone before that, but then that was when the app ecosystem was opened up to, to everybody. So before only Apple was writing their own apps. So when the app ecosystem was opened up, the, the whole app economy started to emerge and being, um, somebody who's able to identify the next big thing, I was able to, to, to catch on to that and, and figure out that mobile was going to be huge. So I got into mobile at that point and, um, started developing mobile apps. Um, and I, that, that pretty much kickstarted my career as a mobile app developer. So I've worked as an app developer for about 10 years. Um, so since then, since 2008, I've worked in, um, several big and small companies in Canada. So like huge companies, um, to startups. Um, and then I also had my company, which was also publishing mobile apps. Then after that, the next one that I did was localized Wiz. That was a localization solution for app developers. So I, Started that company based on my experience as an app developer. So, one of the um, hindrances to reaching international markets, which is crucial for app development, is localization. So, app, the, the app ecosystem is global. When you publish an app on any of the app stores, users from around the world can access your app. But if your app is only in English, it's very limited. Uh, you are very limited in how many users you can reach. And um localization is one of the problems that developers have, have, have issues with because it's expensive to localize and the processes are very intricate and time consuming. So I created a solution that makes it very, very, very easy for developers to localize their apps for international markets. So with my with, with my platform, localize with you could um, any developer could upload the app content um in in literally in about two clicks and select languages and have the app localized up to 50 languages in, in, in about three minutes. So this blew out anything that was, uh, any other solution that was out there um, and, um, and it essentially made it easy for, for developers to reach you know, international markets. So that, that just gives you an idea of the background that I'm coming from, which is in identifying problems and then trying to solve them in technologically innovative ways. So similarly, when I came across cryptocurrency, so I heard about crypto and Bitcoin back in 2000, um, 2012. So back then, you know, like many other people, I discounted it as um you know not something to look at because um there were a lot who were worried about it. So I didn't bother looking into it at that time. It wasn't until 2017 that I started to give it some serious consideration. And like I said, um I said earlier, so when I got into it, it was initially for investment purposes. But then once I started to try to use it, I discovered that it was just simply unusable. So it's really amazing how people can adapt, right? So um, no matter how difficult something is to use, people will find a way to use it, right? So but then, that's where you get only the technologically inclined people, the tech savvy people who start to use a technology. Um, So using crypto today, I'm sure a lot of people who are in the crypto space might not think it's that much of a hassle. But if you are to show an average person who is not into crypto, that this is how I send money, to you know, to my friend or my mom or whatever, they would look at you like you're crazy, right? Because <laughs> um, you know, to say your mom's address or your friend's address is this long number and you have to scan this QR code. So, so a QR code, that's actually an improvement over over the, the text address because you don't have to copy a piece, you can just scan it and you're and you're sure you're gonna get it right, right? But the average person does not know what a QR code is. So so once I started to use crypto, I, I just realized that you know, like this is the way it's done, but this is not the way it should be done. There are there are better ways of doing this. So that's where I, I started to identify the issues. Um, the main issues that I, I identified there were, there were um, a few of them. The first one we um, mentioned earlier was the addresses, which are very foreign. So what they is going to do is instead of using a, a crypto hash, we use a username, make it very friendly. The other one is discovery. So if you want to find somebody to transact with or you want to find, you know, a business to, you know, to, to purchase something on, there's no way to, to do that um, in the crypto space. So you can find your friends and family easily by, for instance, searching by their username, as you would on, on say, Twitter. Um, so this also makes it easy to find people to, to transact with. And then um, the third thing is, um, so on most blockchain projects, to... Use their platforms, you have to download the full, um, node, right? So you have to download the entire blockchain, which has a lot of storage requirements and has a lot of um, technical requirements on the user's endpoints. Users don't have to care about that. You should be able to open an app and simply, you know, um, enter your crypto, um, or rather simply send crypto to, to, to a username and then, um, easily find people to transact with and send it, um, send crypto out to your, to, to people that you want to transact with without going through, you know, the hassle of, you know, having your node sync up with the network and through hassles like that. So essentially, TIP is going to remove all these barriers and um, make it easy for for you just use cryptocurrency. Um Having the user taken care of, that's only half of the problem, right? Because if you can use crypto easily, but you don't have a way of spending it, that's another problem in itself. So TIP is also looking at creating an easy-to-use point-of-sale system for merchants so that merchants can also accept cryptocurrency easily. So a similar analogy can be drawn on the merchant side. So there are already some merchants that accept crypto, but there's no easy way for them to do that. If you're a merchant and you're using crypto today, you must be a pretty brave guy because there are just so many issues with that, and um, it's not easy to use. So Tim is going to make it simple and very, very easy for merchants to also use cryptocurrency. So then on our platform, we're going to bring the users and the merchants together in our ecosystem that I would give real-world use cases for cryptocurrency.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. That sounds like a very interesting uh, project and much needed in the space. So before we dig into the details uh, of the specifics of the project, tell me overall about uh, the team that you put together. How many... Uh, uh, people, do you have working on the project total, and uh, tell me about a little about their uh, backgrounds and wh- what they they're working on.
1: Right. So the team is currently made up of um, six people. So this, this is the core team who's are uh, currently working on the platform. We have um, our chief strategist. That's um, Garlamon. He's a guy. He's, he's a very very resourceful guy. Um, he has a, a strong um, background in investment banking and um, financial consulting. He's worked for J.P. Morgan, Deloitte, and other big companies in in, in Canada. And he brings a wealth of of um of, of networking um experience. So he's he's helping us define our strategy going forward. Um, we also have a security uh, an information security advisor who is very um crucial to our team because. You'll know that on any crypto project, security is paramount. Um, pretty much every single day or every week at least, you have a news story about some um, project getting hacked or getting, you know, um, um, compromised where other Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies are stolen. So we have um, Walter Barajia, who is the head of information security. He's, um, he's a, a senior security advisor at one of the leading banks in Canada. And he's um, in charge of us securing our network and, and securing our, our platform. Then we have um, Carolyn Zian. So she's a the, the community manager. So again, in the crypto space, maintaining a, a strong community and having strong ties with our users is very important. So um, she's a social media guru and she's essentially um, keeping our company that's in, 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 um, in, in very close um, contact with our, with our network and, and with our users, and essentially managing our, our community relationships. And um, we're working on very, very stellar designs. So UX, UI is very important to us. So we have um, um, Hassan Tureshi, he's the head of UX design. He's a, a UX um, designer with, with over five years of experience. Then we also have a versatile developer who's a full stack, um, developer called Victor. He's actually from Brazil and he's, um, one of our team members that's, that's, um, that's offshore. Um, and he's, um, helping us on the tech side behind the scenes. Um, and then of course, you know, myself, um, I'm the founder and CEO. So I'm, um, John Warman. I have, um, over 10 years of experience, both as a developer and as an entrepreneur. And I'm, um, heading this project. Um, on, on the advisory side. We have some solid advisors as well on our team. So we have um, Jasper Hellman, who's our marketing advisor, and he was the, um, the, um, the the chief marketing officer and one of the co-founders of, um, of Envion. So Envion is a mining solution in Germany, and they had um, a token sale back in December where they raised over 100 million dollars. So he was in charge of the entire marketing effort, and he's essentially leading our marketing um, plans, essentially developing our marketing strategy, and he's and going to be executing that. Then we have um, Benoit Morelli. He's also a blockchain advisor, and he comes out with a background in, 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 in advising other blockchain projects. He was an advisor on the Gimli project, which um, also had a token sale, um, I think, somewhere late last year. I'm not sure the exact dates. But he's helping us to plan our token sale out and, and make make sure we're getting things all done correctly. And then we also have um David Sabo. He's he's actually just joining the team this week. Um he's our third um uh, technical advisor. And um he was the head the head of global products at CoFounded. So co-founded is another blockchain project that had an ICO last year. And mm-hmm. um and um he pretty much helped them with with the um, strategy as well, and he's joining our team to Help um, plan our token sale as well, which we, which we can talk about um, in a little
0: bit as well. Sounds good. Where, when, how, around what time did you guys start the the development of the project, and and uh, uh, how long ago approximately did you guys start working on it? And where are you in terms of the stage of development? Uh, so, you guys have uh, released your white paper, I believe, or or will be doing so soon. And uh, you have a roadmap on your website also, uh, which uh, I recommend people take a look at tipblockchain.io um, where you can see uh, the, you know, the plan for the next couple of years in terms of development uh, milestones. Sure. But tell me where you are at the current time in terms of uh, uh, what has been uh, realized today and what is the, the roadmap for uh, the next uh, couple of months and weeks and, right. and, and and that sort of thing.
1: Right. So so the project came together, like I said, at the um, later, later part of last year, close to the end of last year. And we started the um, planning phase at, at, at that time as well. So this was around December of last year. And um, in January of this year, so it was about a couple of months ago, we started the, 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 the um, development planning. So we got right into development around that time as well. And we're working on one of the components of our of our platform. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about the technology in a little bit. But we're currently working on a beta version of our app. So the platform is going to consist of um, several different pieces. We're going to have our own blockchain. Um, we're going to have um, a client app where users can search for users can you know um, enter their username and that will be their username on the platform that a lot of users can find them by and they can also find other users by. And then um, you'll be able to Transact using this um, username um, then we also have um instant messaging built onto the platform so so that's one app that we're developing and that's the first app we will, we will be releasing so um, we're about two months into development of that, and we're planning on releasing um, the first version, which will be a closed beta for the um, for a limited number of users. We're planning on having that in Q of this year so Targeting somewhere around June to July. So that's when we'll have that first uh, release going on, uh, um, um, going out.
0: Sounds good. So uh, let's get into the product and start mm-hmm. digging deeper into the features and uh, uh, what it will consist of. So uh, the project, uh, the, the TIP blockchain, is going to first start off as a built on the Ethereum network. Uh, and then... Uh, Tell me a little bit about that and how it will work on Ethereum.
1: Okay. So um, before I, I go into how it work on Ethereum, right? Um, let's let's get a big picture of um, what we're trying to create, right? Because um, that'll help people understand um, you know, what, what we're doing. So the core features of TIP are things like the username, discovery, being able to find other users, merchant point of sale system. Um, these are all geared towards making it easy to use cryptocurrency, right? Like ease of use is the goal. Um, how are we going to achieve that? So the way that, that we're going to do that is we're going to have our own chain. So we're going to have our own blockchain that supports usernames on chain. So whenever I talk about usernames, the first question that people ask usually ask me or the first comment people make is, well, you know, there's a um, Ethereum name service, ENS, which allows people to store usernames. And you can find people by a name. It's not really a username, but by essentially by um, an easier name than a crypto, you know, hashed address. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I, I know about ENS, but the way that tip is different from ENS is ENS is a third party service that users have to rely on to store their name or to find other people. Um, ENS works similarly to the way domain name service or DNS works in the internet world where you have. Services that map a name to an address, right? And you have to consult that service in order to find the user by name. So, um, for the way this works on the internet, for instance, is um, each each server or each um, host they are trying to reach, or or, or each actually even every user on it on the internet has an IP address, right? The IP address is the is this essentially the address that you would use to locate that user. Um, mm-hmm. When you're trying to find, say, the Google server or you're trying to hit Google, we're actually trying to do what you're trying to do is to find the Google, uh, the the Google IP address, right? Um, but then if you have to find Google by typing in a number like, you know, um, 172.0.258.25, you know, that, that is an IP address, but that is inaccessible to most users. So you have a system like DNS, which maps google.com to this IP address and people can find. Uh, Google easily by a name they can remember, not by random numbers, right? So the analogy to that in the blockchain space is, um, the address is, is, is that hex number that they're trying to send to. But in order to transact, you don't have to copy and paste that number. We're going to provide a username. What ENS does is something like, um, DNS is that it has a separate service that you have to rely on. Um, the, one of the limitations of that is, is for users to use that username, they have to go through a third party application or a third party service because it's not, um, because that, that functionality is not supported natively on the chain. So what we're going to do is on our own, on our own blockchain, each account is going to have an address, but it's also going to have a username and every node on the network will be able to find users by this username. So for the, for the end user, you're not going to have to rely on a third party service to find a user. Um, any app on the tape network will be able to find users using that username. Um, for instance, one of the problems that people have with ENS is while, well, while it's a very neat and clean solution is they're not of, they're not a lot of, um, of, 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 um, easy ways to use ENS today. Like, um, I'm not sure how many users would actually find another user using ENS today, right? Because it's not built with users in mind or built with ease of use in mind. What it is doing is we're building a, a system that allows people to find other people easily. Um, so in order to store usernames on chain, um, other blockchains have ways of storing information, but this information is not accessible. Um, for instance, on Ethereum, you can store data on the network by having a variable in a smart contract, for instance, right? And then you can access this this data by accessing the smart contract and requesting um, information out of that variable, or by running the smart contract and then calling a function. So in order to find any information on the Ethereum network, you essentially have to be a a developer. So that's one of the limitations of using um, 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 a chain that does not have ways to access the data that's stored on chain. So the way TIP is different is on our chain, each node is not only going to have data storage, each node is also going to be a search node. So all the data on our chain is indexed and is searchable. And each node knows how to find this information. So once you store information on chain, any user will be able to query um, this data as well. So the way the usernames work is the usernames are just um, um, attributes that are stored with each address, right? So when a user wants to find information, they're going to have essentially what's going to be an RPC or API endpoint that they'll call. Um, which our apps are going to do for them. So if, so if you're a user, you're not, you're not going to have to worry about that. On a user, you're just going to open an app, you'll start typing a name, and then the app is going to do the search for you. Right? It's going to hit a node. It's not going to go to a third-party server. It's going to hit a node and search through our database and return the users that match the name that you search for. So from the user standpoint, it's going to be very, very, very easy. Um, so, So our network is going to support arbitrary data on chain, which is indexed and is searchable.
0: Um, Is is that a technologically difficult uh, challenge uh, to have uh, a fully indexed uh, blockchain where any data written to the blockchain can be easily um, retrieved uh, in an indexed manner? Right. So
1: not any data written to the blockchain can be retrieved um, in an indexed manner. So for instance, with transactions, um, those are going to work the same way that transactions work on, on, on blockchain today. But then along with with, with the, the transaction or with an address, there's going to be some additional information. So with that information that gets indexed, not the actual address or the transaction. So one way to think of it is um, we have the blockchain and then we also have an embedded database on the node. So the node also has an embedded database, right? That's a separate data store. And that is what provides the indexing and the search functionality. But then you have to go through the node to access that database. Um, so, so... So each node is going to have, you know, transactions and then we're also going to have searchable data. Um, so, so that is the tip of blockchain, right? But, um, this is a long term, um, or rather uh, this will take a long term development effort. Where, um, our entire roadmap, um, is um, drawn out to about two years. So that's when we'll have the full mainnet running. But then we, we don't want to wait to have our solutions out to market, you know, for the next two years, right? Because the problems that we mentioned earlier, the problems of usability, the problems of finding users on the blockchain, the problems that businesses face in using cryptocurrency, these are problems that exist today. So in order to to provide these solutions today, not in two years, we're launching in phase one um, on the Ethereum network because Ethereum is a proven solid platform that we believe we can kickstart our projects on. So in phase one, we're gonna be running in a hybrid centralized slash decentralized manner. And what that means is um, decentralized because we're on Ethereum, um, but the data storage functionality that we will be providing and that um, discovery uh, feature that we'll be providing, that will be centralized. So we're gonna be running databases um, that users can then access through our service and through our apps, and you just will be able to store this information and query this information. And it'll work just just, um, just like it would on the actual tape tape blockchain. But the only difference is that it will be going through a proxy, right? Um and then that is what we'll be doing the um the, the storage and the indexing. Um the the upside to this is that we can get a solution out to market very, very quickly. So we're planning on having, like I said, um, um a beta out um within about three months. So our actual working solution, which will provide usernames, will provide search, will provide the ability to have, you know, uh, merchant store um, point of sale data, you know, that it can, you know, track customers and whatnot. Um, so we'll have this ready very soon. But the only downside to this is there is a, there's an element of centralization um, and we want to be a fully decentralized platform. So the long-term vision is to move to a fully decentralized um, system where every node will, will be able to have that data storage. So essentially, we'll be taking away the centralization um, out of the network.
0: Yeah. So if I'm a end user and sure. I download the app uh, from the app store, and it's a mobile app, so I can download it at, let's say, the iTunes app store, the Google Play app store, uh, I'll be able to um, sign on and create a username. So I sure. log in, I'm a user, I create a username and uh tell me more about uh because we've talked about uh briefly the the ease of creating usernames and Perfect. i think we briefly mentioned that there'll be an instant messaging surface but we should go into detail about um that and other features that uh i i, I as a user of the app would be able to uh use
1: okay so when a user downloads their app yeah and, and you're right and Our app is going to be available on the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. So we'll have um, an iOS and um, Android app. Um, Down the road, we also plan on having a desktop wallet app as well, which will be available for Windows, for Mac, and for Linux. Um, We'll start with the mobile app first and then have the desktop version later. But these these will essentially work the same way. So when you download the app, you'll be able to um, enter your username. So it'll search the system to see that name is not taken. It'll work just like... For instance, a Twitter, um, a Twitter handle. So you put in your username, if it's not taken, that's yours. And then um what we'll do differently from other networks is because we're creating um, a network, right? So we'll ask the user for permission to find other users um who are in their contact list that are already on the network. So let's say you have um friends who are already on the tip network. We'll we'll be able to um um link link you link the users to them directly, right? When they sign on. Um, and then once they're on board, they can also go in and then invite their friends, um, you know, either by their friend's phone number or their friend's um name or friends um email. And then um, so each user will have a contact list. So similar to the way any any chat platform um um does it. So you have a list of contacts in your in your address book, right? Um so once you have these users in your contact list, you can start initiating transactions with them using the username. But we want to provide other uses of the platform beyond just sending transactions. One of the things that we found with a lot of the mobile wallet apps out there are people download a mobile wallet and never ever open the app, right? So we want to be different. So why don't we want to give users other uses for, for our platform. So one of the ways, um, one of the features that we provide is instant messaging. So we're going to have a fully peer-to-peer instant messaging platform. Where any user can message any other user on the network um to message a user, you have to first add them and um the other user will have to approve to make sure that you're not spam people cannot spam other users but once you add a user to your to your um, address book, you can you know chat with them in a fully fully encrypted end to end and in a peer to peer manner it's not going through any third party service and um we um so so that's one of the features we'll have. We'll also have transactions over chat so Sticking with the ease of use theme, in order to send transactions, users um, will not have to do things like scan a QR code, copy and paste addresses. With From within a chat um, chat conversation, you will be able to... So you'll have special message types where, where you can just hit a button and say send. You put in the value you want to send and you'll be able to send um, um, a message over chat to the other user. Um, and then... Um, then the the discovery aspect comes in. So based on the metadata we have behind the scenes, the user doesn't have to know about this, right? But um, users can store arbitrary data on on our network. So um, if users choose to, for instance, enter their names, right, this information will be searchable. If you just choose to enter their email addresses, this will be all searchable. So once people have put in the information, you can actually find people by so many um, identifiable means. And then this is where um, the value for businesses also comes in. So businesses can also put in actual metadata about themselves, and users will be able to search for businesses through this um, search interface. Essentially, any information that's stored on our chain will be accessible through the search interface, and, and it is going to be in a very, very easy to use manner that um, provides relevant users uh, relevant um, search results for the user. Um, so this is on the user side of things. Um, on the other end of the scale is the merchant um, point which I I mentioned a bit earlier so we've made it easy for users to send crypto but you can send crypto to your friends and that's nice but if you cannot buy things with it that's also limited right so in order to make it easy for businesses to accept cryptocurrency so so right now the way it works is um, businesses just have have um, the, the same thing you just have they have an address or a QR code in a store let's say you go to um, a pizza shop that accepts cryptocurrency you have to scan that um, QR code and then send the the, the um, um, transaction that way. If you're a business that um, takes orders on the phone, let's say you know you're, you're, you're a pizza shop, um, and someone wants to pay with Bitcoin, right? There's no easy way to do it. You're not gonna read read out your your Bitcoin address over the phone. <laughs> it's just technically impossible, right? Um, so with Tip, businesses will have usernames just like. Um, end users, right? So a business would have a name. So let's say, you know, um, I, I, I'm, I'm the owner of Papa John's Pizza. I can register my name at Papa John's Pizza on chain. And then when people want to, uh, you know, order um, pizza, I can just tell them, send it to at Papa John's Pizza. Users will be able to search for Papa John's on their app and they'll be able to find Papa John's Pizza and they'll be able to um, to pay for, for, for orders using their app. Um, on the business side of things, once you receive a payment in cryptocurrency, we want to make it easy for you to process and, um, and, um, and use um, that transaction in a way that, um, that, that that business is used in the traditional you know, um, payment platform, right? So when you get an order, that order will come with some identifiable information. For instance, there'll be an order number. There'll be a customer name. Um, that's essentially the person that's going to be buying it on the other end. And this is all, and, and these are all examples of the uh, metadata that we'll be storing on our chain, right? Or, or with transactions. So when a business receives um, a transaction, they'll already have, you know, which order it's for, which um, user it came from. So then the business will be able to do things like order management, custom management on their end. And to make this easy, we're going to provide a point of sale system that manages all, all, all this. So... Any information can be stored on chain, right? But we're going to be storing certain custom fields, for instance, like for orders, for customers, and whatnot. That the point of sale system will be order, um, will be organizing in a very logical manner for the business. So when they see a transaction, they can easily, you know, identify which user it came from, and um, and they can have, you know, some value-added services attached to that. So um, essentially, businesses that are used to using point of sale systems will have the same level of functionality. With cryptocurrency.
0: So, is there any product right now that offers this type of service for businesses? And it seems like there's a market for a company, uh, business that wants to uh, accept cryptocurrencies from uh, customers. Right, right. And they currently are not able to uh, do so because there's no like dedicated point of sale. Uh, right system where you can send data through the blockchain and that data uh that is sent over the blockchain uh retains uh uh uh, information about any given transaction and as well as like additional data analytics of the of that transaction
1: yeah exactly so so so, um on, on the blockchain right now um you can send some data along with transactions but the problem is the, the, the data is not accessible. You, you can't really do anything with it, right? Um, this data is not presented to anybody on the other end in a way that they can use it. If you want to access data on either Bitcoin or Ethereum, you have to literally write code or go through you know, some hex um, values to try to draw any useful information out of it. What we're going to do is we're, we're, we're providing a very friendly interface that will organize this data. And present it to um, to the user, either you know um, um, an individual or a business, in a way that makes sense to them. Um, there are a few other projects working on point of sale systems. So, and I know that um, Litecoin is, is is working on a Litecoin point of sale system, and I think Bitcoin Cash is also trying to do something similar. Um, so, so while those are definitely needed in the space, that's you know really great, and and that I think helps validate what Tip is doing as this is um, needed in the space. Um, so, like, like I said, um, today, to send um, cryptocurrency to a business, there's no easy way for them to process that transaction, right? All they get is an address, they get a transaction, and they don't know what to do with it. So, with TIP, um, um, first of all, with other with, with solution, so having, having a point of sale system, that's a step in the right direction, right? Uh, I'm not too sure how those point of, systems, point of sale systems are going to work, but um, where TIP has the the advantage is that because our platform allows us to store arbitrary data, and because our client apps then organizes data in 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 in, in very um, um accessible or um friendly ways that anybody can make sense of, um, we're gonna be able to add value to 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 you know businesses by by presenting them with um information that they are used to. So the point of the system, what we're gonna do is we're um we're going to work closely with a handful of businesses. We'll identify the um, popular point of sale system that they already use and then come up with certain baselines, right? So what do you expect a point of, point of sale system to have? You expect um, to have things like order numbers, you know, customer tracking, order management, order history, things like that. But we're going to store all this information and our point of sale system is going to organize that and, and make it easy for businesses to track all this on the network, right? So we're, we're providing features that businesses are used to having with you know, regular payments, but we're going to do that on the blockchain, which right. is really mind blowing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I want to make it uh, make that use case clear for listeners who are uh, a little bit unclear how it works. So if you're a business and someone wants to pay you in cryptocurrency, uh, currently, if they send the transaction to you, you get the transaction hash, or the transaction ID, um, and then the amount of uh, value that is sent over that transaction or any data that's sent over it. Uh, but it's fairly limited in terms of the information that is provided along with that transaction and it seems like this product will uh, enable you uh, uh customer to send uh or transact or send uh, value to uh a business and along with that will uh be uh a- along with that transaction there will be a number of other um data uh included in it like order number which you mentioned so that when the business is receiving that value they know what uh it is for and what is associated with it so they can use exactly. it internally to uh, in exchange for some type of value with the uh with the consumer exactly exactly yeah okay great the, so uh i think we've laid out that uh how that works so we have uh, the merchant system uh we have have the wallet system and then we have the instant messaging system um so and this is all going to happen within the app so the app can be a place where a user can perform a variety of different uh, functions so they can chat with other uh friends and then they can send uh uh, to- uh send you know value to them in the form of cryptocurrencies and then they can also uh, purchase um purchase items or engage in transactions with businesses. Right. So uh now there's another layer to this that we haven't talked about and that is the uh the tip token. So uh how does the tip token fit into this model that we've laid out?
1: Right. So the tip token is essentially the the fuel that runs the entire network. So um that is the native cryptocurrency of the network. So in order to transact value, users will be transacting in tip token. Um, in order to store data on the network, you just will be paying for those transactions with tip token. So there's going to be a value assigned to any unit of data storage. It's going to be something very, very small. And, and the point of having that is in order to reduce spam and to reduce, um, um, people, you know, um, or to, to re- reduce um, malicious use cases. So, um, that you don't have people trying to say flood the network, right? But then, um, we're going to have very, very small, you know, um, fees for data storage and for, um, for transacting in TIP. But then, um, all that we talked about before, sustaining value either between users or between user and business or even between businesses, that will all happen using TIP token.
0: So could you repeat that? So sending value between any Um, business and a user will happen in tip token. And also, we should probably make a distinction here because there's two different phases of the project. And so it it may be a little bit confusing unless we um, unpack that. So yeah, the first phase of the project where the app is running on the Ethereum network and uh, users of the app will then be able to send transactions over Ethereum. And will this be an ERC-20 based TIP token?
1: Right. So in the first phase of the project, we will be on ERC20 token. Yes.
0: Right. So uh, then in the phase two, it's going to be a transition from the TIP token uh, on Ethereum to the TIP blockchain and the TIP protocol, which is going to be its own uh, uh, blockchain. And at that point, then uh, what will the distinctions be between actions that can be performed with the TIP token? In the first phase and will the, the merchant point of sale system be available in the first phase or only after I'm, I'm guessing only after the second phase and the blockchain has launched is that right?
1: That's right so 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 in between phase one and phase two what will those will have a a snapshot um, of an ethereum block where we essentially migrate the data of ethereum onto our own network um and then in phase two, that's where we'll have the merchant point of sale system. So in phase one, we are going to have the usernames, you know, the chat, the instant messaging, um, transacting over, you know, um, transacting using usernames, um, but the point of sale system will come in phase two. Um, and then in terms of um, the, 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 um, the user experience, it's going to be pretty much identical for the end user in phase one and in phase two. So even though the underlying technology is going to change under the scenes, we're gonna make it as seamless um to the user as possible. So um as a user, you're gonna be using the um the tip, you know, wallet and messaging app on the Ethereum network. But you wouldn't have to know what network you're running on. And and frankly, users wouldn't even care like most users wouldn't care about which network they're running on. Once we do the migration, it's gonna work exactly the same way. Um there are some advantages to moving um off-chain. Um uh, uh, uh to moving off Ethereum onto our own chain. So the first big one is the um, decentralization. Um, the other one is is, is because we're moved onto our own chain. The index that we that we um, store our information on can actually be be larger, so we can support larger um, data payloads, and so users will be able to send you know large amounts of of, of data to to the network. Um, but in terms of usability, it's going to be almost identical in phase one and in phase two.
0: Okay, sounds good. I think we covered uh most of the questions that i had about the the features of the app and what uh, features uh will be uh, available and so why don't we talk about so we haven't talked yet about the uh blockchain the tip blockchain and the uh proof of stake mechanism that is going to be uh, used on it. Uh, can you comment on that briefly?
1: Right. So what, um, on the Ethereum network, we're going to be running you know, with um, whatever Ethereum uses. So it's kind of proof of work. And then um, they are going to be migrating to a proof of stake. But um, so when that happens, we'll move with them. But then, um, so that's for phase one. And phase two, we'll move over to our own blockchain. So we did some research on the most efficient um, consensus Algorithms to use. Um, so, there's, for this proof of work that um, Bitcoin uses and Ethereum, there's um, proof of stake, and um, there's also delegated proof of stake. So, we opted for delegated proof of stake because it is um, in 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 the past it has proven to be one of the most efficient and most um, highly optimized consensus algorithms. Um, so, with our delegated proof of stake, what we're going to have is we're going to have Delegates who are going to be in charge of securing the network. So not any user or not every user will, will, will have to or will need to run a node to, in order to secure the network. Um, or we will even have the ability to do so. And um, this is in line with, um, with, with usability, right? And, and thinking about reaching mass adoption. So while, while staking um, um, coins for, for additional rewards is of interest to some users, if you think of it, of this as um you know having a platform that anybody in the world can use, you don't want to have um you know one million people running different nodes because that means that in order to reach consensus, you have to go through one different uh, go through one million nodes. So, um, while proof of stake is faster than proof of work, um, on delegate proof of state networks where you have a smaller network securing the network, that is has, has been proven to be just as secure and um, a lot faster. So. We'll be using, um, um, DPOS, D- D- that's, that's a, delegate proof of stake. Similar to th- th- there are a few other projects that use, um, this consensus algorithm. Um, the first one, I believe was BitShares. And, um, I think Lisk also uses this, um, consensus algorithm. And, um, on those networks, they are, um, they have very, very high throughput. So, um, I might get the exact number wrong, but I believe BitShares supports somewhere about 10,000 transactions per second um, in theory, right? So that is um, that's a very solid validation to that consensus algorithm. Um, something like on Ethereum, you have you know somewhere I think like 17 transactions per second max at the current time, right? Because it's based on proof of work. So by using the delegate proof of stake, we'll be able to have um, a very very high throughput, and also um, users won't have to worry about about staking or or essentially Forging or minting coins um, for user, you just use the network and you let you know some dedicated people who are the delegates worry about securing the network.
0: And uh, so we're gonna have uh, enough transaction per second on delegated proof of stake to support a uh, a proof of s- uh, a, a merchant system where you can send because merchants have a, a much more uh, uh, what's what's the word requirements for being able to engage in a high number of transactions is more than just uh, other uh, types of uh, uh, individuals engaging in transactions so they need a higher number of transactions uh, exactly so this will be able to support uh, a much higher number of transactions exactly for, for merchant services
1: right so 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 the exact number will, will depend on, on, on a lot of things. Um and and, and, and would in part depend on the on how it's implemented. But um in theory, we're looking to have nowhere lower um no less than 10,000 transactions per second, which um should be you know um more than enough for 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 um any practical use cases. So I know that there are some other technologies out there, for instance, um Hashgraph um has the task theoretical limits of somewhere around 100,000 transactions per second. That's fantastic. Um, but then, in terms of practicality, the 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 um the the odds of having to ever hit that limit are really really, really slim. We believe by having such a high um, number, you know, um, that is um, around um, 10,000 um, TPS at the minimum, we will be able to support all our users and our merchants, um, even if if, if if this is a platform that's used by millions of people, um, this number should be able to 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 um, scale in order um, for there not to be any bottlenecks on the network.
0: And what is the strategy for onboarding merchants? And I think that's probably a, a challenge for a lot of companies. And there have been other point-of-sale uh, point uh, services in the traditional banking space that have grown very quickly, uh, Square, for example, and these other uh, merchants that are uh, growing quickly in, in the space. But how, how can you use their model and take uh, what you've seen from their ability to grow very quickly and uh, make sure that if you build this technology, you'll be able to incentivize uh, the merchants uh, who want to um, perhaps distinguish themselves from other competitors and uh, have a competitive advantage by offering their services to customers uh, who are willing to pay in cryptocurrency and uh, offer them access to a much larger market than they otherwise would have, uh, but still be able to do it in a way which is... Uh, For them, uh, feasible for their business model to incorporate into their existing sales system, um, and incentivize them to make that transition. Um, What are your like? This is more like a business development question, more so than it is a like a technology uh, question. Because let's say that we are able to um, make the system, you know, seamless and user friendly, and uh, how do you get? the adoption rate among not only the the end users, uh, but also the other side of the equation, which is right, the, right. The, the merchants.
1: Right, so, um, so the crypto space is a very, very young space, right? So, um, you know, we're pretty much still in the infancy of this whole crypto economy. It's growing exponentially year on year. Um, every year, the number of users that come into the space um, far-out trips, whatever happened the year before. So we can expect to see this growth going for, um, forward um, to continue to accelerate. So we have more and more people, more and more users coming into the space. So for businesses, it's becoming advantageous for them to start to accept cryptocurrency. Um Today, it, it, it might not seem as, as as big a deal because, again, you have, I don't know what, what the exact number will be, but somewhere about maybe 1% of people use cryptocurrency. But as this number grows, it will be detrimental for businesses to not accept cryptocurrency, right? They're, they're going to want to do that because that's where the users are going. Um There are already some solutions in place, but like I said, nothing affords the merchants with the level of um, ease of use and the convenience that TIP will be provided, right? So I don't think the question is not about will cryptocurrency adoption among merchants um, grow? It will definitely grow because as the people are coming on board or as the customers are coming on board, it incentivizes them to um, them being the businesses to also start to accept cryptocurrency. So when there's no convenient solution out there, they'll use whatever. Um, Every single day, I see new stories of new businesses accepting so many different cryptocurrencies. And I just think about it. These cryptocurrencies offer zero convenience, zero features to these merchants, right? So there's no... there's no value being added to the merchants by using these systems. So what Tip is going to provide is we're providing an easy-to-use system, a system that affords them the same conveniences that they are used to in the legacy financial system. Um, so that right there will will give them um, a reason to use Tip over other platforms. So so the question is, this is not about merchants coming on crypto um, um, at all. It's about which crypto platform they will choose to use, right? Because as, as, as the as the crypto economy grows, we will get the merchants. And when that happens, we believe by the features that TIP is going to offer, we will be miles above or miles um, in front of um, what all the competition is offering. And um, the other reason why merchants are coming on board cryptocurrency um, more and more is because the costs are a lot lower than in traditional payment um, systems. So, with um either you know something like Visa or MasterCard, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are, but I believe um fees for per transaction somewhere are uh, somewhere around 2.5 to 3.5%, right? Um that is a pretty large number, right? So on the tip platform, we'll be able to have transaction fees be somewhere in the range of less than definitely less than one percent, but actually probably less than 0.1%. So the fees are gonna be so insignificant and so tiny that um, for merchants, if you're processing a huge number of transactions, that two two point five percent can become a huge number. If you do that in, in um, on the tip network, where the the fee is zero point one percent, that's going to be a huge advantage to use tip versus a traditional um, payment system.
0: Yeah, from an economic argument you could make <laughs> is that the users. Uh, for the merchants who want uh, to adopt this can save money and earn more for each transaction so instead of paying 3% to visa or mastercard for each transaction you guys are able to decrease the transaction fees and then once you uh, are able to uh, make the compelling argument for having met the requirements from a technical perspective in terms of uh, transactions per second and Uh, the associated uh, analytics and and data that is required for transacting businesses and providing them with order information, then you can make the business case uh, for that also.
1: Right. And then the other thing to consider is we're going to be providing this service for merchants um, literally as a free-to-use service. So there there are no service fees attached to our platform. So on some of the other traditional payment um, systems, they have, so, so, so some networks have some monthly fees or subscription fees that merchants have to pay, right? So we're essentially developing a solution for merchants that's going to be free for them to use. They only pay for transactions that they are initiating, right? Um, for, for transactions that they are receiving from their customers, they are not paying for, for those um, transactions. The customers paying because, um, in the crypto world, the, um initiator of a transaction is the one who pays that fee. So even that little 0.1% fee is going to be paid by the customer, which is a very, you know, minuscule fee that most people would not, you know, worry about. Um, so for the merchants, you're essentially getting a service that is free to use, right? And it offers you conveniences that you're used to with regular um, traditional payment systems. But then you can take on board users who are using cryptocurrency in the new crypto economy. So we believe this will provide a compelling reason for merchants to use our platform.
0: And just and one more question about that and the tip token uh, is I, I read somewhere in your white paper that it's the uh, the token that is used to exchange value. But let's say I'm a merchant and someone uh, an end user wants to pay me, and will they only be able to pay me in the tip token, or will they be able to pay me? Uh, in any form of cryptocurrency because this is uh, its own blockchain and so let's say I have how do, how would I uh, enter into a transaction with a business and uh, let's say I have you know a, a couple of ethereum and some Bitcoin and I haven't uh, obtained any tip tokens yet uh, would I be able to uh, pay them in any cryptocurrency and how 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 are you going to make this process seamless of adopting the uh the token that is needed to engage in the transactions
1: right so um due to the features that we offer our users both um end users and merchants um the the requirements to support things like um like like arbitrary metadata um discovery these require us to have our own chain and our own currency that's why we have tip token because um we can send additional information along with transactions, which other networks do not support. So all the gates, we will not be able to support other cryptocurrencies. So initially, merchants and users will have to use the TIP token. Um, while it is not, it's not on our immediate roadmap, down the road, we have looked at um, possibly having um, atomic swaps or using um, additional services such as ShapeShift to, 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 um, to convert you know, tip tokens into other currencies or other currencies into tip tokens, if that's what the user prefers. But, um, out the gate is going to be a purely, um, you know, tip transaction. So users are going to have to use tip token. So, um, this might be seen a bit of, a, um, seen a bit, um, of as a limiting factor, but then, um, you know, we believe the value proposition for tip is, um, strong enough that enough users will want to use, um, tip. So, um, Considering the fact that, you know, users and businesses already accept, you know, so many cryptocurrencies that provide them, you know, very little value. There are, you know, a lot of smaller cryptocurrencies that businesses have already started to use, right? So when more businesses come into the crypto um, economy, they're going to have to decide which platform they go with or which currency they're going to accept. When the users are coming into the crypto world, they're going to have to decide which um, cryptocurrency they are going to be using there might be more than one currency that users use. I mean, even today, most users use more than one cryptocurrency, right? We believe the value that we will be providing to both users and merchants will be much higher than what most other platforms are providing, which will provide a very, very strong, solid case for users to use TIP over other cryptocurrencies.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, there are a number of, third-party services which enable instant exchange and some of these are uh, you know atomic swaps uh between blockchains and uh, lambda for example is a partner that we're working with that supports uh you know cross blockchain uh swaps of currencies so i think that that barrier is going to be uh becoming uh, easier to cross and more seamless, and so uh, I think that if you want to make it, and as you said, you want to make it as easy as possible for users to uh, seamlessly, um, you know, interact with the app and the platform. Then um, having it all happen behind the scenes to the greatest extent possible, from a business perspective, the, the 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 easiest way for uh, end users to use the service and not have to think about having to exchange tokens and how am I going to get the tokens uh, and everything associated with that. It's just make it as, uh, as as easy as possible the for example. users to not even have to choose or deal with like exchange rates. Right. You know, just present it to them where they just click a button and buy and then everything happens uh, behind the scenes. Exactly. So, in the first version of the app, are are you who's going to be holding the private keys? Are they going to be generated on, on each respective uh, device locally, or are they going to be held uh, in, in a third party database? And how are you? Guys, how is that going to be structured?
1: No. So, the private keys are going to be held on each device. Um, so, we're not going to be storing um, private keys on our central server. So, the centralization comes in only. Um, We're essentially using the centralized um, database as the lookup table um, as such. So um, each user will still have their wallet, which has their private keys. The um, only thing that TIP does is we're abstracting that away from the user. So for a user, yeah, you do have a private key, but you don't even have to know that it it exists. When you create an account, you're going to have a private key, but it's going to be embedded in what we call an identity. Um, And that is um, encrypted and stored on the user's device. The user doesn't know his private keys there, he doesn't know his address is there, he just knows his username. And then um he can then transact um, you know, using that username. If the user wants to transfer that um that identity to another device, they can then export it, you know. So um we will have our own our own um file format, which again abstracts the underlying, you know, technology away from the user. Um but then they'll be able to export that to, to another device. But then for, for most users, um, it'll be pretty much easy enough to just um transfer your tokens from one device to another device using that username. So um, under the so under the hood, it's going to work pretty similar to the way other platforms work today, in that the user is in charge of their own account or their own private key. But the only thing is, the user doesn't have to worry about storing, you know, these um these um these um, you know keys.
0: Okay, great. So I think we covered uh, everything and we're running short on time, but we have a couple more things to cover. So um, you know, if we don't have time to cover everything, we'd love to have you back on the show um, as your product develops and uh, as the next stage uh, rolls out or as you uh, um, meet some of your product uh, milestones and uh, to talk about any news or updates that you have. Uh, But before we go, let's uh, briefly touch on the uh, the upcoming uh, dates you have for your uh, your fundraiser to sell the tokens and any of the associated uh, limitations and uh, terms associated with that for people who uh, have been listening and want to know how they want to get involved uh, with your product. So you're having an ICO and. What uh, amount is going to be raised during that ICO and uh, tell me everything associated with uh, that?
1: All right. So, um, we'll be holding an ICO in the second quarter of this year. The exact dates have not yet been set, but um, they'll be somewhere between May and um, June. So, we will be making announcements in the coming week about the exact dates. Um, like I said, earlier, so for phase one, TIP is going to be an ARC20 token on the Ethereum network. We have um, the total token supply will be. One billion TIP tokens, and sixty um, percent of that will be available in the um, in the token sale. So those will be sold um, to the general public. We have um, three separate uh, rounds. We'll have a seed round for very very early investors where we have um, significant discounts, and then we have um, a pre-sale again for whitelisted um, people who want to participate, and then we'll have a um, um a crowd sale as well. Um, actually I you um go back on something. So we'll have um so so we'll have um three rounds. So we'll have a seed round for um participants who want to take part in the um very first round and there'll be um huge discounts at that um in that round. And then we'll have a pre-sale for whitelisted um participants only and then um third um round will be the crowd sale which will be open to um everybody the base price for tip token will be in ether so it'll be one ether will give you um 10,000 tip token so this is without any 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 bonuses but um if you go on our website that's tipblockchain.io we have um details about the bonus structure so above this um baseline there'll be several bonuses um within the the various periods yeah and um we're looking to raise so the total um, hard cap that we're looking to hit is um fifty thousand ether,
0: and do you have a minimum uh like a a minimum amount uh soft uh, not a soft cap but a, a minimum amount needed to race? We haven't set a
1: number yet but we'll be somewhere in the range of about five thousand ether
0: okay so between five thousand and fifty thousand and um where you you guys are based uh all in where, where is your are you incorporated and tell me a little bit about that and what are the the legal uh, requirements to participate let's do you need to be a citizen of uh, a certain country or any country and do you require that any participants provide any type of ID um, and uh, tell me a little bit about that
1: right so um, tip um, blockchain is a registered um, corporation in Ontario, Canada. So we're a um, a Canadian incorporated um, company, and um, for the token sale, we will be um, restricting users for. So so um, TIP is a utility token. It's not um, a security. Um, we're 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 still in discussion with um, our legal teams as to which jurisdictions um, would be able to. Um, legally participate in our token sale because, um, the, the, the laws and regulations around, um, cryptocurrency token sales are very, very, um, hairy and there are a lot of gray areas. So there are a lot of gray areas and, and these keep changing all the time. Like pretty much, um, every month there's a new, you know, regulation or new, um, story out about possible regulation. So we will be consulting with our legal team to establish what the requirements are to participate in which and which jurisdictions we'll be able to take part and which we might have to exclude. But we don't have those yet. Um, so again once we announce our exact dates for the token sale, we will be making these um these um these um available.
0: Okay and where can people where can listeners go to learn more about uh and the the product and uh where can they go to follow you?
1: Right. So um our website is tipblockchain.io and um, you'll find most of the information about us on there. We have um, a Twitter um, account. That's um, twitter.com slash tipblockchain. We have a Telegram account as well, um, c.ne slash tipblockchain. We have a Facebook account. We have Instagram, Reddit, Medium, LinkedIn, um, In- 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 InvestFeed. It's pretty much we're on all the um, major social platforms we um, our team is very active on Telegram and um pretty much um I'm there myself with um Garlam, Carolyn, and um uh, Victor. Pretty much the whole team is always there ready to ac- um to welcome new users and to take questions. So we like people to talk to us because we like to talk about our technology, because um we believe that um showcases you know us in a very um, you know, um um good light. So come join us on, on Telegram and 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 chat with us. If you have any questions, you know, feel free to um to um, either message us um directly on our on our um, website or come um chat with us on, on on our telegram
0: okay, sounds good so before we go, is there any other uh topics uh we uh, should discuss or any other additions to make or uh I think we covered pretty much everything, but sure. if there's anything else uh, uh feel free to uh, let us know now
1: right um so well yeah yeah I think we We did go over, you know, most things extensively. Um, But I would just like to add that um, what Tip is doing is really revolutionary in the blockchain space. So there are a lot of um, cryptocurrency projects and blockchain projects out there that are working on very advanced technology. Um, For instance, Cardano is working on scalability, so it's EOS. And um, there are a lot of um, projects that are, are... are building the technology that's going to power the next um, generation of of blockchain platforms. TIP is doing the exact same thing, but we're doing it by approaching it from a different angle. We're working on the user experience and the usability angle. There's no project out there that is tackling um, making cryptocurrency and making blockchain accessible to end users. So that's what TIP is doing. So we believe we're very uniquely positioned in this space to onboard the hordes of users that are waiting to come to the crypto space. But have not been able to do so because it is inaccessible and people do not think about using cryptocurrency because of all the problems that they have to face in order to use the technology. So TIP is making it um, very easy to use so that, you know, essentially, um, anybody's grandma would be able to use TIP. If you can send a WhatsApp message, you can use TIP, TIP network. So, um, that's our unique proposition that we're presenting to users. And, um, you know, we believe we're going to be very well positioned to onboard, you know, um, um, the masses going forward. So we're looking forward to, you know, having our products out there and to validate, um, to validate our ideas. And, um, you know, and, um, we, we believe, you know, um, tip will be one of the major forces to reckon with in the crypto space once we have our platform released. So we're, you know, very much looking forward to having this out there. And, um, you know, um, and when anybody that hears about tips, you know, come, um, jump aboard the tip wagon.
0: My guest on the show today has been John Warman, uh, CEO and founder of Tip Blockchain. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, and we're looking forward to seeing your project develop. And uh, we'll welcome you back on again in the future to discuss the project as uh, things progress.
1: Thanks a lot for having me on. Um, yeah, and I'm also looking forward to getting our products out there, and would and love to come back on once we have a product out. Talk about how it's going, and um, yeah, yeah, get to talk to you and your audience
0: again. Great. Thanks, John. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bounty Zero X podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast below. Check out BountyZeroX.io, the number one bounty hunting platform where you can complete work and earn cryptocurrency. Please consult your professional financial investment and tax advisors before making any investment in initial coin offerings. Bounty Zero X does not provide investment or financial advice and does not endorse or recommend investment in any ICOs advertised on the Bounty Zero X podcast or website.